podcast. This is Matt Shalava, and you're listening to the Road to Freedom Pod. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Matt Shalava. And it is Monday, so we have another week, and it is one of the very few weeks we have left in the year before it's Q4. So that's just been on my mind like crazy, and I've been really trying to get things moving through my store. I'm kind of actually kicking myself a little bit. I listed two items that I got from the thrift store. So I actually like talking about thrift store items a lot because I don't think that, like, there's obviously no way that somebody can, like, steal your your items or something like that because, like, with a lot of retail arbitrage, which is what I've been doing primarily, oftentimes if you talk about the items, people find out about them and then they start to tank the price out and they lose their value. But with thrift store items, you really have no chance of that happening unless, for whatever reason, every thrift store got the same type of item. You know what I mean? So that's not something that would really happen. So I do enjoy talking about those because it gives you a little bit of insight as to why I thrift the items I do and which ones I'm looking for. And so being in Western PA, we have a lot of uh, winter apparel because it is winter for like, feels like three se- or three quarters of the year, it feels like winter and then you have summer. So it is a little bit odd. It's a bit strange, but um, you do have a lot of winter apparel and I do pretty well whenever I go to the thrift store looking for jackets, looking for coats. And so one of the things that I found that I listed up was an old Adidas sweatshirt. I listed it up for 100 bucks, and it was a vintage Adidas equipment crew neck that said limited edition on the tag. And I don't know why it says limited edition. It doesn't really look like anything special. But I got an offer yesterday. I listed it up for 100 bucks. I got an offer for 60 bucks. And I should have just taken it because for me, one, I've had that in inventory for probably a year now, and I haven't even listed it. And so I should have probably just taken the offer because... I think I paid like three bucks for it. So three dollars to sixty bucks. That's an awesome flip. It had some stains on it, which was very clear to show in the pictures. And I think that's huge. I think if you're doing used items, you want to show the stains if they're stains. You don't obviously want to make them look worse than they are, but you want to make sure that they're clear to the buyer because either way, the buyer's going to find out that you have staining on the item. They're going to find out there's a defect. They're going to find out that there is maybe a a crack or a chip in the paint or whatever you're selling. They're going to find out that there is. Um, something wrong with that item if there actually is something wrong and you send it to them. So trying to hide that from the buyer, I would not recommend. Um, but I also wouldn't be like weird about it. Like when I first started out, I was super scared of getting returns and stuff. So I would say like, I would highlight every individual little thing about a coffee mug that I could. And at that point it's like, okay, well, I don't even think somebody's going to notice that. If I can barely notice it, somebody's probably not going to notice that. So don't be like super over the top with it. But if there's a stain or something, just make sure you show it clearly in the pictures. That's a huge tip. And so I listed that up and I should have taken the offer. I really should have. I know better. I I try and get like an extra 10 bucks out of somebody and it's like, uh, you know, they're already paying $60 for an old worn used Adidas sweatshirt that has stains on it. Like who would even pay that number one? You probably found like the one person who's willing to pay up for that. And two, um, you know, it was just a, it was kind of a, it was a nice offer. But it came in so quick after listing that I was like, oh, I don't really know if I should take this. Maybe I'll get more offers. And it's been crickets with that item. Now, I listed it on Saturday, so we have a little bit of time left, but it's just something to think about. And so, same thing happened today, and I'm thinking back to that and going, okay, well, you know, I could I could go back and, you know, I could take this offer. So, I had another vest. I had a vest up, and it was a, it was a really cool vest that I found at the thrift store. It was brand new with tags. And it was like a tactical concealed carry vest. So there was like all these weird pockets all over it. It looked like some sort of like almost like a military looking vest, but uh, something you would just wear 
I don't know, to work or something, but well, probably not to work, but you know, you, you would wear it out. And if you wanted to conceal carry, you could put whatever you were concealing inside of the pockets. And there were like a ton of different pockets on this thing. Really, really cool jacket, uh, or, or vest as it was. And I listed that up and today I got an offer for 60 bucks on it. And that was probably, I think it was about 30 bucks under what I had it listed at. I checked on Amazon. They were going for about 85, but I didn't see what the sales rank was because I was kind of busy. And I just counter offered like 10 bucks over. And at that point, I probably should have just taken the offer again, like probably like an $8 find at the, at the thrift. I don't really know the number off the top of my head, but $8 to 60 bucks, like I'll take that flip all day. And I didn't take it. So I should have an extra 120 bucks right now, uh, minus fees. And I don't. <laughs> and it's one of those things where you live and learn. And I think there's always that temptation to get extra money out. And for the times it doesn't work, there's always a few times that it does work too to squander, like, you know, get a few bucks out of the person that's buying from you. But it's important to keep in mind that if you have a flip that you're tempted to take, sometimes it's worth taking it. And I push that a lot. I push quick flips very fat, uh, very often. And I think that, I just think that I really wanted an extra few bucks out of those. And that's fine. But if the money's going to help you now more than it will later, then you got to take the money. And I should have done that. It's just something to continually learn. And I think the more I do, the more I sell, the less attached I get to my items, the less I feel like I need to make so much money on each item. It's about making money on all of your items and getting all of your items moved. And it's just something that comes with time. I mean, you become more callous to the people that send you lower offers. You almost, you almost take offers. And that's the thing. Like a lot of these big eBay sellers they take almost like 80 to 90% of their offers, which is crazy. But one, it triggers the algorithm, which is huge. But two, you're getting a pretty decent offer sometimes. 60 bucks for something I paid eight bucks for, like why wouldn't I take that, right? And it's just because I was greedy. And sometimes it's fine to be a little bit more, um, to be wanting a little bit more whenever you're selling something. But sometimes when the profit is there and you're comfortable with it, just take it. Just just take it and make your 45 to 50 bucks and get out of there. It's a freaking jacket you got at the thrift, right? And, and so that's something that, you know, I almost hit my, you know, like face palm with that. But it is what it is. So hopefully the person counters. I don't know. Maybe they will counter. Maybe they won't. But the other thing is that when you accept an offer, oftentimes you can have people that don't pay. And because eBay never fixed that with eBay managed payments, um, you know, that is still a problem. Now, this is something that I was thinking about today that I saw that I figured I'd share with you as well. Make sure you're turning on require immediate payment with buy it now. I don't know what happened, but like whenever you list on eBay, they save your settings from the previous listing. So if you're listing three day handling time, you're shipping with USPS, the next listing should have three day handling time shipping with USPS, barring that you, you know, that's, that's what it should have. Um, now you get into a little bit different things whenever you're listing items that maybe you've listed before and you just hit sell similar on your own item. It should bring in the old settings, but for the most part, it brings in the settings you use that you last listed with. And I don't know what happened, but for some reason, when I switched over to the managed payments, I'm pretty sure either I unchecked marked a, I think I listed something for my phone and the phone does not default to requires immediate payment, which drives me up a wall and I never list for my phone anymore. And so I listed one item from my phone and I think it unchecked the requires immediate payment. And now every item I've listed for like the past month has not had required immediate payment on. And so I was wondering what was going on. I was like, I know I list every time with immediate payment required for a buy it now item, meaning that when they buy it now, they hit the buy it now button, it's immediately taken out of their bank account. 
why eBay doesn't have that for everything, why they don't have that just as a standard for buy it now, or why they don't just do that whenever somebody makes you a best offer and you accept it, I don't know. But whatever, just make sure you're clicking that because there's no difference. The buyer can't tell if it's going to be taken out now or not. Oftentimes, I don't even think they know that it, it's not taken out immediately, which is one of the reasons we probably get so many unpaid item cases. And so you have buyers that, um, you know, they don't pay and it's just better to get that money taken out immediately. And so, yeah, I've had a bunch of items that have been selling and it's like, okay, uh, waiting for payment. I'm like, why is this waiting for payment? I always do immediate payment and I just found out why I listed probably about 30 or 40 items that do not have that immediate payment required. So that's just something to keep in mind too. Um, every once in a while if you're listening especially from desktop like just check over everything and make sure that you're doing uh that now if you don't know where immediate payment is on the mobile app you just scroll down to the bottom and like right at the bottom of the listing it almost looks like it's nothing but it says like some stuff about handling time and some stuff about like um i don't know i think uh handling time maybe something else uh maybe like handling costs or whatever but you can click on that and it'll bring up a bunch of options and one of them is require immediate payment you can click that box and then uh, hit save or whatever done and it will load in with immediate payment required now like i said i don't know why that's not standard but it is what it is so just make sure you're hitting that because you don't want to lose money if somebody hits buy it now and forgets to pay or just chooses not to um you know they probably aren't if they just choose not to they probably won't return the item but you know you never know what could happen so um you know you just want to make sure you're getting your money as quickly as you can whenever somebody buys it so uh that was just something i ran into today outside of those things there really wasn't too much else that happened there weren't any releases there was the so there was the um a pair of converse that released and i think it was with it was a collab that they did with the company called a cold wall i think that's the name of it just off i can't remember exactly but i think that's what it is a cold wall like the great wall of china wall so it's a a cold wall did a collab with converse and i ended up not being able to go for it today i was busy but the comps don't look too bad so there were only two sales which is kind of a frightening thing to me and just looking at what's going on with uh, shoes whenever you sell something whenever a shoe releases you like to see a lot of immediate sold right you like to see people being very uh being very eager to get the shoe that missed out on it and they go and buy up the ones on ebay there were only two solds they had sold before the release even happened so that was a huge red flag to me if there's only two solds and they sold before the release even happened that means that there really wasn't that much demand for it if nobody's buying it after the release but the listed comps looked really high they were about like 300 to 400 bucks the cost of the shoes i think was like one i want to say like 140 like they were pretty cheap and they looked pretty cool like they okay they didn't look cool but they looked like a boot almost they looked like a pair of tims like it was it was kind of weird and um they kind of caught me off guard i think that they were supposed to be kind of a winter shoe but um just a very interesting looking collab to me and um you know, it was a, uh, it was something that I ended up not going for, thankfully though, because I don't think that they're selling that well yet. So, um, they may appreciate typically releases like that. I see dip a lot and that's just something I've seen. Like Nike releases typically appreciate well. Some of these other releases though, like the, uh, like an Under Armour release or like a New Balance or Reebok or something like Adidas, a lot of these ones don't typically gain value, especially ones that are like weird collabs, like, not like the Ben and Jerry's collab, like that's a cool collab, but like Adidas has done like ninja collabs and stuff like those typically I don't think are going to appreciate very well. And so just to keep that in mind, you know, not every shoe appreciates just because you hold, 
hold on to it for a while. A lot of shoes actually dip in considerably after the release. So just be mindful of that whenever you're buying shoes. Make sure you get them sold quickly um, if you don't really know the market for the shoe in the long term. So just a lot on my mind with that. But uh, I started out talking about Q4 and that's what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to get some sourcing done. There are a few stores around me that have some items I'm going to be trying out. Uh, they're a little bit higher priced, so it will be interesting uh, dumping a lot of capital out on those right now. But, you know, it would be would be a little bit easier if I had sold those two, that jacket and that hoodie earlier on, uh, like I talked about in the beginning of the podcast. But, you know, it is what it is. It'll be fun. I, I love Q4. I think there's a lot of opportunity to be had with it. And I think that a lot of people are going to see huge spikes in their sales this year just with all the online sales that have been occurring. So I would definitely get after it. If you're not reselling, I would start. If you are reselling, I would really do some research. And then, you know, if you're really in the thick of things and you really know what you're doing, just hammer it hard because I think it's going to be huge. A lot of resellers think it's going to be huge um, who have been doing this for a while. And it's just good to hear that from them because that's what I was kind of thinking. And so hopefully things end up working out for us the way that we plan and we can end up making a good amount of money on this upcoming um, this upcoming Q4. So like I said, that starts October 1st. That's the fourth quarter of the year. Break it up into four sections. You have three months in each section and October, November, December would be the fourth quarter. So just get ready for that because as soon as, well, I guess not the moment October 1st hits, but October through December, it gets very, very competitive. It gets very, very, uh, like it just it gets a little wild during November and December I'll say that much so uh, it's good I'm excited I'm excited for the sales I'm excited to uh, have a lot of late nights and a lot of random retail arbitrage sourcing and it's gonna be good just get ready for it because it'll be a lot of fun this year so I'm gonna go but hopefully that helps you out hopefully that gets you to do a little bit more retail arbitrage or whatever you want to do for this Q4 um, but that's what I'm going to do right now so I will let you get back to whatever you're doing this Monday Have a good one, and I'll talk to you tomorrow with another podcast. Peace.